Hey, security peeps. We are excited to have you here again in our Breaking into Cybersecurity webinar slash podcast series. I am Renee Brown-Small, and I am the author of Magnetic Hiring. That book is focused on cybersecurity recruiting. And I am here with some fabulous people. First, I'll introduce my co-host, Chris Bolan. Chris, say hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. And our special guest for today is Tracy Mayleaf. Say hi to everyone, Tracy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. So we are super, like, ridiculously excited to meet with Tracy today. <laughs> so before we jump in and start asking her a zillion questions, I'm going to just tell everyone why Chris and I started this series and what we, you know, hope to get out of today. So Chris and I have both been getting a lot of people, and forgive me, I have a cold, so I'm lazily. Um, a lot of people who were reaching out to us trying to break into the industry. So I know he gets pinged a lot on LinkedIn. I get pinged. We both probably collectively are getting hundreds of people reaching out to us. And so one of the challenges that we started to see or one of the disconnects we started to see was around people getting various conflicting advice. And the advice typically came from, oh, I just spoke to someone that broke into the industry two years ago and they're saying this. But then this other person who's like some seasoned leader who has like 15 years of experience said, well, this is how he got in and I should, you know, go through all these steps. So we decided to only focus, we, we, we want to focus on in this series, people with less than five years. So you all can come in and share with your peers how you broke into the industry, why you got excited about the industry and what you're pretty much doing today. And that's pretty much what breaking into cybersecurity is all about. So with that said, Tracy, I am going to give you the floor because I am ridiculously <laughs> excited to hear about you, to hear about your background as a former librarian, and to really understand like what made you even think about cybersecurity, break into the industry, like, like tell us all about it. Sure, sure. Thanks so much for having me. So hi, everyone. So let me take you back to January 1st, 2015. I decided on New Year's Eve, the night before, that I wanted to make 2015 the year of my career. I wanted to really evaluate where I was. Now, at that time, I was a, a law firm librarian for a, a major AmLaw 100 law firm. Uh, but I was feeling like I was growing out of that role and I wanted some new challenges. I was discontent, uh, but I also was mindful of the industry and I wanted to be in control of my, my future, meaning I didn't want to be victim of downsizing or merger or things like that. So January 1st, 2015, I sat in front of the television watching the parades and I redid my resume and I applied for some jobs and things like that. And I went, and these jobs were more librarian jobs. And as I went on these interviews, it started to become clear to me I really was no longer passionate about this because I feel like I had done it all. So I really dug deep down and I would sit on the train commuting, commuting in and out of Philadelphia. And honestly, sometimes I would cry because I was just felt very lost. And I felt like I was, you know, rudderless and was trying to think of what to do. So a couple of things happened. I, I read this article on the train it, it was called Future Proofing Your Career. And that was already something on my mind. And I was reading this and it gave some tips, which I'll get into a little bit later. 
But that was really the crux of it for me. I wanted to move into something that had some long-term job security. Uh, and some of the tips in that article said about, you know, especially if you wanted to change industries, you know, figure out what it is that you're good at that nobody else is. Figure out what your skill set is that you offer. Figure out what is your passion, what makes you excited. So I sat on those train rides and I thought long and hard about all the jobs I've had in the past. And I realized that tech was the common denominator, that there was always something technical about the job that I loved. There was always, you know, I was always the one fixing something or getting into something that I shouldn't have because that was what I enjoyed. So that's when I started to look at, at tech and to dip a toe in it. I went to every meetup, you know, every webinar, every article I could read about tech to try and figure out what resonated uh, with me. And that's when I had the realization that my natural paranoia and distrust of things was a career path into cybersecurity. <laughs> so uh, I started to focus on, on security. And a friend of mine was at Black Hat that year. And he came across the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu table at Black Hat. And he took photos of the material they had out. And he texted it to me. And he said, you need to do this. You need to do this now. And what they offered was an introduction to cybersecurity, or excuse me, it was called Cybersecurity Fundamentals. Uh, it was a two-day or two-part workshop. So I, I did that, and they had me at port scanning. I thought, you know, what? Where has this been all my life? So you know, I and no, I was realistic. I knew that I couldn't make up for lost time. I I, I had periods of time when I was getting very down of why didn't I get into this sooner? You know, I, I, you know, fumbled around doing all these other things when I could have been doing tech this whole time. I can't change the past. So I just decided from them there, okay, I'm just gonna learn going forward. And I got some great advice from some very experienced cybersecurity people saying to me, I have all this useless IT knowledge. I wish I was in your position. You know, the tech turns over every three years. He said, I wish I had a clean slate <laughs> like you did. So that really helped turn me around. And that's what I want to mention is the benefit of, of networking, which I will definitely dive into more later. But networking with people of different backgrounds, different experiences, um, you know, being able to reach out to someone who had so much tech experience and security experience was able to give me a perspective on my situation. I could have talked to someone else who would have just empathize with me or sympathize with me and been like, oh yeah, you should have done this sooner. And that wouldn't have been very helpful, right? So someone who had the sage advice of being like, oh man, I wish I could trade places with you. <laughs> you know, it made me very happy. So security then became my quirky hobby. This is still 2015. Uh, I will speed it up shortly, but I just wanted to lay the foundation. Wow, of this. Is, that was really the turning point um, because you know you have to have you have to decide that there's something in yourself that you want to change. Uh, it's not going to happen any other way. Um, so in September of 2015, I contacted the CIO of the law firm and I said, what is the firm doing next month for Cybersecurity Awareness Month? To which he replied, what's Cybersecurity Awareness Month? Wow. So I, yeah, I explained that it was my quirky hobby and I had some ideas and I had this five point plan already drawn up, hit send and was very nervous. And next thing I know, he said, I love all of this. This is great. And you're going to run it. 
So I was the point person between IT and, mar and marketing. And I ran this five-week security awareness program. And on November 1st, I said, this was great. What else can I do for security for the firm? To which I, the response was, well, you can do that again next year. And I already tasted the blood of cybersecurity and I wanted more. So I knew that wasn't gonna work. So that's when I started my exit strategy and tried to figure out my future. So in February of 2016, I up and quit my job. And uh, two weeks later, I was at RSA because I was hired by a company to do on-site social media for them. And that became my business, which I called Chirp Intelligence. I did social media management. I did research because of my librarian background. I have strong research skills. So yeah, two weeks later, I was on a plane to San Francisco. And I, hadn't, I haven't looked back wow. <laughs> since. So I, I spent the next year and a half uh, you know, getting clients for my business because I still needed to bring in money, but I was studying, I was going to meetups. I did not take any formal university classes, uh, but I did a lot of more informal training through things like Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu, uh, you know, your cybraries, other online stuff. Again, and meetups, just networking, networking, networking. I went to every conference that I could. Uh, a lot of times I sold my, you know, again, sold my services as a social media manager to be on site at a conference and I would tweet and post as a company, you know, because they couldn't, you know, have somebody doing that. So just that was my entry into the conference. We would have an arrangement of I would be able to attend so many sessions and things like that. So I think in, in 2016, I may have attended 12 to 15 conferences. Wow. Uh, it was a lot. It was it was exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. Um, now keep in mind, I'm you know, in the meantime, I'm, I'm applying for for jobs, but I'm still really unclear what part of security I wanted. I just knew that I had these really good library science skills. So I spent a lot of time, you know, back to that article I read about future proofing your career. I spent a lot of time talking to people about the unique skill set I brought into InfoSec, and I believe very strongly in that. I came across, you know, I could count on one hand the number of people who just told me to go away and they didn't believe what I was saying. I did not let them deter me because for those, you know, five people who were just downright rude, I had 15 to 20 people who said, this is amazing. I never thought of this before. You know, I can't think of exactly like a job role for you right now to hire you, but you know, let me talk, let me connect you with someone else and do that. So it was a lot of that. It was a lot of networking and connecting and just selling my my skills. And I when I went to ShmooCon once early on, I was actually afraid to tell people that I was a librarian because I thought I'd be laughed at. And I was shocked when as soon as I said librarian, someone leaned in and said, oh, you know how to find stuff. Um, they used a different word for stuff, but I won't use it here. And I was like, I do know how to find that other word for stuff. And, uh, and I got it. And I was so excited. Nobody asked me about the Dewey Decimal System. Nobody asked me about reading to children because I didn't do that. I was mostly in law firms. Mm -hmm. I did academic, corporate, and law firm librarianship. Mm -hmm. So I know how to find stuff <laughs> and organize stuff and things like that. And, and all the stuff that's missing from InfoSec is that sort of organization. Uh, so, you know, I was still working on my business and everything and, and moving things forward. And then I started to kind of get a better idea 
of what I wanted. And again, I got that idea of reading a lot of articles, talking to a lot of people. So I started applying to, to these jobs. Now I'm gonna tell you a couple of the struggles that I, I dealt with. Uh, I was seeing a lot of article, or sorry, job postings, I mean, um, looking for researchers. They wanted experienced researchers, you know, for security. And it was not technical. It clearly was stated it was not technical. So me, with my Master's of Library and Information Science degree, thought I was a shoe-in <laughs> to get this. I remember being in a hotel room at a conference and getting the rejection email just hours after I applied. No one, no human ever looked at it. It didn't even get past the automated scanner. And I thought to myself, it literally asks for an experienced researcher. And I, it was just, it was very frustrating. And I, I also went to a conference. I don't want to say the company's name, but it was a company's conference. And I had a one-on-one -on -one with some of their employees because they were offering to give career advice. And this person looked at me and said, you need to drop the L word from your resume library. You need to drop the word library from your resume. And I was like, well, then that would make it false <laughs> and incorrect. And like, it's literally in the name of my master's degree. You know, it's all my work experience. And so this person was telling me to, to fudge it. No one's going to hire you with the L word on your resume. And I, I did not heed that advice. You know, I said, I, I said, no, I, I could do a better job at explaining the skill set that I bring in, but I'm not I'm not embarrassed of the library of the library word. It's an opportunity to educate people about the skill set that librarians have and that people with masters of library and information science degrees have. Uh, so I did not heed that advice. And also I wanted to mention that if someone is trying to take away to you know scrub your past because they think it doesn't fit in uh, to security, you know, again, you you may the onus may be on you that you have to do a better job explaining that connection. I'll I'll tell you that uh, a lot of security people I met did not at first quite understand the bridge between the two. But you know what? That was on me to explain it. And once I did, they were on board. So I just wanted to mention that. So more time went on. Went on. Um, I didn't really do too many interviews because I was having a hard time getting past the screeners, which. I know a lot of people can <laughs> identify with. Uh, so, but I, you know, I was getting connected with more and more people. That that's so super helpful is to try and get around all the screening is to have someone personally submit your resume. So that's what was happening too, as I was having people bypass the screeners for me. But again, there still was that. Uh, I, I think that people weren't understanding the skill set, and you know, to be honest, I wasn't very technical as far as you know security went. So that's why I was working hard to add all the classes I took and things like that on my, my resume so they could see it. So April of 2017, I reached out to a cybersecurity friend that I that I'd made along the way. And I lamented to him. I said, I just got four, four rejection emails in one day. You know, and usually for things that were quick turns around for job titles that had research in them, <laughs> you know, things that I should have at least gotten a call for. And he said, that's that's ridiculous. He said, do you mind if I post about you? And I was like, sure, you know, couldn't hurt, <laughs> you know, do that. So he took to his Twitter and I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of, 
I can't believe you people haven't hired InfoSec Sherpa. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? And he, I think he gave my LinkedIn and, and things like that. Well, next thing you know, I got contacted by my now current employer who said, oh, didn't realize you were looking for a job. We need to talk. And that's the other point that I, I want to emphasize is as much as you think you're putting it out there that you're job hunting, do it 10 times more. There are so many people who, you know, so a lot of people aren't comfortable with self-promotion, but you do need to market yourself. If people don't think you're looking for a job, they're not going to think of you. Uh, so that's also what struck me was, was like, oh, what do you, didn't realize I was looking for a job. Okay, whatever. But it took another voice to amplify that for me. And sometimes that's what you need. So that was in April. I had an interview in May and I started in July. <laughs> and the best part of it is when I went into my interview, you know, one of my now bosses said to me, we can teach you the tech. I can't teach a technical person all these other skills that you have. So that's why we want you. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's what I want more people in hiring positions to understand. Because also I had showed the initiative by going to all these technical classes. Um, but yeah, like give someone an opportunity. You know, you want someone who can think differently, you know, who can have different perspectives on things. And I, I've been now in my company now for about a year and a half. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I love it. Uh, they've, I have so many opportunities. I've been given feedback from high managers higher up that I've kind of changed the way that they look at some things because of my different perspective and my skill set. So, you know, yeah, I mean, compared to some others, maybe this was a fairly easy road. But I mean, but keep in mind that year and a half, I was, you know, what's the expert, you know, beating the bricks or whatever it is, <laughs> pounding the pavement, something like that. I mean, I was, you know, writing blog posts, doing, you know, podcasts, interviews like this, doing everything that I could to get my skill set out there, uh, sharing a lot of OSINT, open source intelligence. You know, the joke is I never called it OSINT when I was a librarian. I just called it doing my job. I didn't know it had a name because <laughs> I had to ask someone. I'll admit it. I had to pull someone aside and say, well, I said, what is OSINT? I thought it was maybe like a computer language or something. And he looked at me and he just chuckled and he said, you know what OSINT is. And I'm like, I don't. And he like leaned in and he's like, you were a librarian, you know what OSINT is. You've told me stories. And that's when the light, I was like, oh, I called that doing my job. Okay, gotcha. All right, OSINT, there we go. So I did a lot to share any thoughts I had about, you know, how library science applies you know, to InfoSec. So you had, so again, it wasn't like this easy, smooth sailing year and a half. I mean, I was also trying to make money mm -hmm. and I also periodically set up deadlines. You know, if I didn't have any serious job offers by this date and time that I was going to have to do something dramatic, um, maybe like get a, a master's of cybersecurity or, you know, do or move or something. Um, but that's also, you have to keep those mile markers in sight and, you know, course correct as needed, but it was, it was pretty an intense year and a half, but I learned a lot and yeah, I'm here now and I'm doing everything that I can to take advantage of this opportunity. And, uh, you know, all this with a liberal arts background. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, for, for scale, um, give those that are going through the, the same journey as you approximately how many different 
jobs you applied to uh, in that year and a half? Because I think that that's what people want to hear. Like, oh, it's not just me. I know. I'm, I apologize. I wish I had a number known. Um, it's nothing. It's not in the hundreds. I'm afraid. I was very particular okay. about uh, about what I applied for because I didn't. You know, I you know I'm married. I have a mortgage. I couldn't just you know up and and move. So I had to be very strategic about what I applied for that was in a reasonable commuting distance. So okay. um, I'll I'll say anywhere from like ten to ten to twenty, mm-hmm. maybe. And again, keep in mind that you know I'm not I'm in the Philadelphia area, so I'm you know the job situation isn't as robust as it is in you know California or DC. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Right. Uh, so yeah, so the number the number was relatively small, uh, but I but again the the strat the challenges were different because it's not a huge security scene, or at least it wasn't you know three years ago, two three years ago. Well, I would add that um, I want to highlight the number of conferences that you attended. Oh yeah, <laughs> because even though you attended it as a person in your own business you know, you were really, because for someone to attend 12, 15 conferences in a year, that is, that's, that's just as, to me, equivalent to applying to hundreds of jobs even more, you know? Because- oh, yeah, because, yeah, I was networking a lot and talking about that, and, and yeah, and don't, I don't have a trust fund or anything, I mean, some of these, I, as, when, whenever I could, I attended as a paid person, so don't get me wrong. I don't, and I know people are probably rolling their eyes like I cannot afford to attend that. No, neither could I. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I worked every angle that I could. And sometimes at those conferences, if I had to pay my own way, sometimes it was just the exhibit hall, to be honest. But you can get a ton out of just the exhibit hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Let me clarify that. I, I don't have some Swiss bank account. Copious <laughs> amounts of, of dollars. Um, a lot of times it was I was working them and had some sort of arrangement made. But I mean, you know, my husband and I discussed it. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it was career building. And also, was it, was it, the, you know, a smart conference to attend? Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, some of the, you know, maybe like a strictly hacker conference, so to speak, wasn't really uh, a right fit for me, but maybe this other one was or something. So, mm-hmm. uh you know, yeah, definitely getting out there, introducing yourself. What I, I say to people is you need to know who the players are and how you know how who the players are in the industry is by going to these conferences and seeing who the vendors are. And I know everyone hates, oh, I don't want to get vendor calls and things like that. You know what? Then set up in an alternative, you know, Google Voice and a, an alternative Gmail account and you make your own business cards and you hand those out. Uh, and then that's why you keep it separate from everything else. But you need to know who the players are. You need to know what what they offer and what they're doing because that helps you understand the challenges in the industry. Okay, well, there's a dozen vendors that address this. Okay, well, that's a big deal. You know, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, you need to understand what the problems are in the industry because you have a room full of people trying to fix it. Right. You know, if you look at it that way. I love what you highlighted as well, that the networking aspect, the networking, um, follow, oh. following your trajectory. I know you've been all over Twitter, um, LinkedIn, <laughs> all of these conferences, and 
I, I could definitely see how that could be valuable in both getting yourself out there. And like you mentioned, as much as you think you're putting the signs out there that you're looking for a job, um, do it more, keep doing it more, um, have people promote you, have people help you at your search, because you might put out a post, but because your network is, um, say, a thousand people, but if you have a connection that has 20,000 people in their network and they share it for you, uh, it just amplifies your message that much more. Oh, absolutely. And and I know that a lot of people feel squeamish about networking. Um, I feel very, you know, sad when I see articles of, you know, oh, do you feel slimy networking? I, I used to give a lot of networking talks as a librarian, and I'm happy to replicate them for cybersecurity. You know, you're promoting yourself, and there's really, there's no shame in that. Um, and there's a way you can do it without being disingenuous. I mean, I'm just naturally curious about people. I love hearing about other people's stories, other people's backgrounds. I love asking people questions. And most of the time, people like talking about themselves. Yep. Um, so don't be afraid to, to go up. And I always liken it to the movie Animal House when they're doing the rush. He's like, just walks up, he just sticks his hand out and says, Eric Stratton, Rush Ch Chairman, damn glad to meet you. That's what you need to do, is you just need to get up and introduce yourself. So one of the best questions, if you find yourself with uh, maybe a CISO or some sort of experienced or higher up person, ask them questions about their failures. Um, anyone who has any like humility about them will gladly share you how they learned from a failure situation. And we'll love to talk about it because it's usually some hilarious story <laughs> of how they you know, accidentally cleared a bunch of logs or, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, so you really, yeah, you really need to get out there and self-promote and there's ways you can do it, um, you know, with pride and without, you know, not feeling bad about yourself. It's, it's exhilarating. You know, I really find it exhilarating. I think you, you said something that really hit home, especially for me as a recruit, recruiter and a person who's just curious about people and their backgrounds and that kind of stuff is people love talking about themselves. You ask one question, mm -hmm. and if you get, you know, usually a person will just go on and on and on. So you're so right about, you know, not feeling fearful or feeling slimy or feeling like a used car salesman when you're out there. Um, and a lot of the times you're helping them, like these, especially these higher ups, if they're looking for people, they might need, you know, you, you could very well be the person that they need or their buddy or, you know, whoever is looking for someone because people tend to think that, you know, they're networking and they're just out there and it's self, yes, it's self-promotion and all that, but you're not thinking about the help that you could be providing to someone else who's also on the other side, actively looking for maybe a junior talent or somebody breaking into the industry. And they're like, oh, wow, I just found this great person or I, you know, call my buddy or whatever um, to get themselves in the, in the field. So awesome yeah yeah renee you you hit hit the nail on the head about something that i think people forget or don't understand about networking you need to go into these situations with the mindset of what can i do for this person not what can that person do for me it's a given <laughs> yeah. you you need to be, even though you're self-promotion and that's very a, a very you know selfish not in a negative way though it is a selfish thing you need to be selfless first yeah. you need to think to yourself um 
you know, what can I do for that other person? And a lot of people say to me, well, I don't know what I can offer someone. I'll give you a tip. If you stay on top of news items and things like that, which is something that I do, did a lot and do, all you can just mention something, an article that somebody didn't know about. Um, I'll give you an example here at this conference. I sat next to someone at a, a, at a dinner and I learned he was from Vermont and I saw some news yesterday about how Vermont is gonna open up this, you know, statewide cybersecurity center. So I ran into him later at the conference and I said, oh, hey, I thought of you, I saw a headline. So to be honest, I didn't read the full article, but the gist of it is, is that your home state is opening up the cybersecurity center. And he said, oh, I, I didn't know that at all. You know, thank you. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, if you just Google some of those keywords, it'll come up. I said, it came, the announcement came from your governor to be easy to find. And I gave him whatever details I had. I read that article for, for myself because I wanted to keep up on cybersecurity news. Yeah. I remembered that that guy told me he was from Vermont. As soon as I saw him, hey, there you go. I was networking, I did something for him. And you know, then I'm just gonna kind of, the die has been cast. I'm not expecting anything in return, right. but I did something for him. I networked with someone. I now know someone in security in Vermont. <laughs> you know, And to me, it's a win-win. So that's the kind of stuff that you can offer someone, even if you don't have any connections or any expertise, just something like that. You tell them something they don't know. My God, it's so good. Chris is the king of that. I mean, how we ended up connecting is he had, or he still has, this roundup of amazing podcasts, this roundup of all this research that he does. And I sent out, a, you know, I was trying to help cybersecurity professionals from a career standpoint, being, you know, recruiting career coach slash type person and said, hey, what do you all want to hear about? Or what are the podcasts that you, you listen to? And Chris sends me this crazy list. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to connect with this guy because clearly, like, he's the podcast king when it comes to cybersecurity podcasts. And every single week we talk, you know, he shared, people reach out to him. He shares his podcast list and all the other recommendations. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. But I mean, you were so awesome. It's 1230. Chris, do you want to add? I want to be cognizant of everyone's time. Chris, you usually ask the final killer question in there. So, <laughs> it, it, um, that InfoSec Sherpa, if you had one piece of sage advice that you would give someone, what would that be? Oh, boy. Um, be curious. I love it. Be, be curious about people. Be curious about yourself. Uh, again, which, you know, to tie back up to where I first started. I was curious about what more I could do professionally. So that's why I sat down on January 1st, 2015 and, you know, did my, redid my resume and really thought long and hard that year. So, you know, be curious about yourself, be curious about other people, be curious about the topics of cybersecurity, you know, keep learning, um, be curious. You can't go wrong with that. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, we have to bring you back. I mean, this was way too short. I feel like <laughs> we, I know. we need more. We need to sure. ask much more questions. That'd be, that'd be great. Back yeah. in the new year. Tracy, thank you so, so much for being with us, um, for sharing your phenomenal story. I mean, taking us all the way through was amazing because sometimes people don't understand what's going on in people's heads when you make a decision to transition into this career. And you're yeah. perfect, like, you know, just saying like, hey, New Year's resolution, January 1st, 2015, this is what I decided to do. These are, you know, and, and the different steps. 
the roadblocks and all of that to get to you, get you to where you are today, um, which I think is amazing and will help so many people who are now currently breaking into the field. So. Oh, I hope so. Hey, and think of it, it was, it's probably the first resolution I ever kept. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So thank you so much again for being here. Chris, my fabulous co-host, thank you again for being with us. Um, next month in December, we are super excited. We are going to have, it's a UMUC month, University of Maryland, University mm -hmm. College. Tons of folks. Every Friday, we'll have someone who's graduated from there, who's broken into the industry within the past five years. So it'll be exciting to hear from them and their different perspectives coming out of the same program. So super excited about that. So um, take care, everyone, and have a wonderful weekend and an awesome week next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.